0: and good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel a question that i had quite some time ago has been answered finally we're going to get to that here in a couple of minutes i would like to thank r&b car company locations in south bend and warsaw r&b car company are your used car experts find them online at rbcarcompany.com. let me know that i sent you by the way all right we had asked a question of if Biden was gonna continue to sign every single piece of government benefit that came out of the White House while he was in there, okay? And the reason that I wanted to ask this question is because when Trump started signing the stimulus checks, right, you know, mechanically, obviously, but as they were coming, the Democrats were furious that he was signing those checks. And the reason that they were furious that he was signing those checks was because he was gonna get credit for the checks, which he should've gotten credit for the checks, And that was going to help him in the election. And they didn't want that because people are going to see, oh, Trump sent me a check. Right. And they didn't want him to get that that credit as they were heading into the November election. So I said, what's going to happen after this? So they made a big deal about it. I think the word unconstitutional got floated around a couple of times and all of that stuff. Well, anyway, um, we now know that Biden is still using that same practice. So Biden's name is being attached to all government benefits that are being sent out. And ethics watchdog group is concerned that the Biden administration continues to notify recipients of new federal financial benefits with personalized letters bearing Biden's name and signature. The practice appears to have been inherited from Biden's predecessor, former President Donald Trump, whom critics say put his name on coronavirus aid checks as taxpayer funded political tools heading into the 2020 general election. And they're, they're saying, and by the way, this this group, this is crew crew is a huge liberal group. Crew is furious that Biden is still doing this. I mean, it's what I expected. I expected that they were going to continue. Again, everything that they believe, they have a direct hypocr- uh, hypocritical position on. So, you know, if uh, they can get away with doing it, they were going to do it. We already knew that. That's, that's no big deal. Uh, Sharpie Gate has been confirmed in Maricopa County. I don't know if you are aware of that, but uh, remember the Sharpie Gate thing, which is that they were being issued markers that were bleeding through the ballots. And it was causing ballot miscounts in Maricopa County. And there was videos that were coming out of, you know, Trump supporters pointing out that, hey, this, you know, this marker is bleeding through the ballots an issue. Now, I came on to tell you what typically is the case uh, with the the markers and how this usually works and, and all of that stuff, because there's a lot of misleading information that was going around out there. And I told you, I said, you know, I don't know in this specific circumstance if there's an issue with the paper or what what have you. But this is typically how these things go and i was explaining that to everybody well you know as time went on sharpie gate was um allegedly debunked and put to bed and then during the audit in maricopa county we found out that sharpie gate is real turns out that there was a massive problem and there's internal emails about how the markers were causing a bleed through issue on the unusually thin ballots that were being used in maricopa county it was made aware uh, to election officials, and recommended to go to ballpoint pens, and the election officials said no. So they did, in fact, use these sharpies on the ballots, which had unusually thin paper, which caused a bleed-through issue. I am staring at pictures of the bleed-through issue from the audit, and you can clearly see that there is a massive bleed-through issue when it comes to using these sharpies on on a lot of these ballots. And this, of course, messes up the count. We already know that in Arizona they have found, um, they believe they have found well over the amount to overturn the state. They're now talking about moving forward with, um, with trying to decertify it and that sort of thing. I don't know that they're, again, going to be able to do that. I don't know if there is a state law that allows them to do that or what have you, but, but there is an an internal email from Maricopa County, Arizona, it talks about issues and concerns with markers, but it says that they they have to give voters markers anyway instead of ballpoint ballpoint pens on election day. Um, but this is this is in October. Okay, this email was sent October twenty second, twenty twenty. Internal email. Uh, Kelly Dixon, the assistant director of recruitment and training, Maricopa County Elections, sent this email. In October, which is not November, guys, okay? This is over a week before the election, saying we got a real problem with these Sharpies. Too bad. Issue the Sharpies anyway. (laughs) So they hit all this time. They were hiding these emails and these uh, these conversations between election officials in Maricopa County. Uh, Let's see. But, yeah, Arizona audit has found enough tainted ballots to erase Biden's lead as senators have called to decertify the election. Uh, that is the, the latest on Maricopa County. Uh, now, again, I, I don't think that they're going to decertify it. Like I said, this is going to be used in the midterms and everything else um, as a, an election battle that, hey, Trump was right. There's a real issue here. In the Georgia situation, one of the election officials, this is, this is a little bizarre. I want you to listen to this. I'm not going to play anything, but just listen to what I say. One of the voting officials in Georgia has started to make excuses for all of the illegal ballots that were found. Now in Georgia, um, they have confirmed over 10,300 ballots were illegal. Okay. The state was a 12,000 vote state. They believe that there's an additional 25,000 illegal ballots. Okay. This comes from people who voted in a previous County that they lived in, not the current County that they live in, which is against the law that those ballots are not supposed to be counted. Right. So they went ahead and they talked to one of the election officials, Chief, o- Chief Operating Officer Gabriel Sterling. And he told WSB TV when he was confronted with all of this. Again, this is Atlanta's television news station. They, they go to him and they're like, hey, what's the deal here? And he said, oh, there's, you know, this is normal. Okay, there's always a normal element of people who moved, who voted in their previous county, right? There's always a normal element of that um but these numbers don't line up and it doesn't change the fact that they weren't supposed to be counted they're illegal ballots that doesn't none of this changes that fact you don't get to say an illegal ballot even though they did in Pennsylvania you don't get to say an illegal ballot is legal because there's covid you don't get to do that that's not how this works so you know you've got you've got this guy going basically ah, it's not a big deal so what you know it happens. No big, no big deal at all. Yeah, no, not that's not how it works. So they have, they have enough votes, um, in Arizona to overturn the state. They think, uh, of course, pending the recount on of, of where those people voted. Right, we're assuming that all of those votes went for Biden. Okay, uh, that's probably not the case. And then of course in Georgia, you've got the Georgia election officials that even now local media is like, yo. Um, Y'all kind of lied to us about the election. Like, what's going on? We're finding all these illegal ballots. That is normal. It's not a big deal. So the next question should have been, but wasn't, should have been from the Atlanta news agency was, okay, you're saying that this is normal, but is it acceptable to have tens of thousands of invalid ballots be counted as if they were valid when the state was decided by less than 12,000 votes? Get it? Now, would you say, simple question here, would you say that, according to this election official, normal ballot issues, at least being over 10,000, maybe being closer to 40,000, do you think that that would count as widespread fraud with people voting in a county that they don't reside? Do you think that would be considered? widespread with just 10 or 12,000 illegal ballots being counted in, an, in a state of millions of people. Would that be widespread or would that be narrow voter fraud, which still would have impacted the results of the election? Which which do you think that that is? Because, again, I, I keep having to point out they always change the language to be widespread voter fraud, and you always have to ask them what their definition of widespread is, because Is Wayne County, Michigan, if the fraud only happened there, is that widespread? Even if it was in the entire county, it's only one county in the state of Michigan. Is that considered widespread? Maybe to some people, maybe not to others. For those of us who know about Wayne County, we'd probably say yes, because it can flip an entire election. But, you know, still interesting stuff. So... Again, they're not going to decertify the election. Uh, They are calling for that, but that's political posturing. It's not going to happen. But the audit does seem to suggest in Arizona that they have found enough to overturn the state. I don't know if that's true or not, What I can tell you is they found a lot of ballots that should not have been counted. The vote tallies are off. And in Georgia, even the local media is starting to pick up that, hey, we have a much bigger problem in Georgia than we thought. And as a result of that, You know, you could have an entire election swinging one way or the other simply based on illegal and invalid ballots being counted as if they were legitimate and going towards candidates that never should have received those votes. And if this were in any way, shape or form something that benefited a Democrat, rest assured there would be massive uproar in the news media and the Democratic Party about all of this. And I will prove that point to you with a montage coming up. Newstalk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Uh, all right, I got to play a montage. Why don't I have the montage song But I'm going to play a montage? I don't know. I keep telling myself that I'm going to do it, but I never do. The montage song from Team America, it's, ama- it's an amazing tune. So here's, here's the deal, all right? I know that I have played this stuff for you before. I've probably played this one specifically for you before on the show. But I'm just highlighting... The absolute hypocrisy here of people in D.C., as we have pointed out many times, everything that the left believes, they have a a direct contradictory belief somewhere else. Okay, So right now they're telling you there is no such thing as voter fraud. They've been telling you there's no such thing as voter fraud forever, which is impossible because people are convicted every election cycle of voter fraud, which can't possibly happen if there's no voter fraud. Now, then they will tell you, oh, it's not widespread. Again, get them to define widespread. Go and watch my video at theburningtruth.us. Go on offense. Stop playing defense. It's time for you to go on offense. Make them defend their positions because their positions are not defensible. So election integrity is is perfect. Uh, There's no voter fraud. Trump wins. The system is messed up. The entire thing is fraudulent. It's so bad that even Russia can choose who votes for whom. Then the new election happens and there's no such thing as as election fraud or anything else. Leading up to November, for crying out loud, leading up to November, Democrats were the ones that were sounding the loudest alarms about election integrity and how Trump could cheat. I want to play you this montage. Cue me audio. This is a montage and it starts... With pencil neck shift and i apologize about that but this is a bunch of democrats talking about election integrity and i'm not even going to get into the letter from senators including elizabeth warren before uh before the election talking about how these systems could be hacked and everything else i just want to point out the hypocrisy of their position here so here you go Here's a nice little montage of democrats talking about election integrity and how our elections are vulnerable to being hacked and rigged I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Our researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates... Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose, that pose some of the greatest risks. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year, where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, Those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP and 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. Oh, so that was uh, Democrat Ted Liu who was talking about just hacking like one county in one of these swing states. Could be enough to change the election. Um, is, is hacking one county and one swing state widespread fraud? Again, get them to define what widespread is. Those were not members of the press. Those were Democratic politicians on the, on the House side and on the Senate side. Of course, you had the The current uh, VP pretender also in that that whole mix. Now, as we've highlighted the letters that were sent to Dominion and everything else, and by the way, uh, Ron Wyden was attacking Dominion there. They're violating basic cybersecurity 101, and they were. I also talked about, uh, well, it wasn't him, but it was another one from the uh, senator from Virginia. They were talking about the hackathon. We've talked about the hackathon. We played for you a portion of the segment from CNN, Leading into November, just a couple of months before, where they were talking about how easy it was to hack into election machines. And then suddenly after the election, because it went the way that they wanted it to go. Suddenly, all of the things that they were saying just a couple of months before you catching a theme here. How many times have we gone over the things that they said just a few months before they no longer believe anymore? And then at one point in time, they're going to go back to believing the things that they believed before, but not the things that they believe now because it's not convenient for them. This is what they do. And it's it's not an exclusive liberal trait, but they dominate this right now. Republicans do it too. But this is something that is just, it's so pervasive in the Democratic Party and the political left in this country that no matter what happens, we just change the argument and they do that. They do it with a whole host of, t- of, of topics, you know, global warming. All right. Warming means there's global warming. Well, when it's not warming, that also means global warming. When it's cooling a lot, that means global warming. When it's wet, it's global warming. When it's dry, it's global warming. When it's cold, it's global warming. When it's snowing, it's global warming. Everything is global warming. And if you say everything is true and then just change your position based on what the, uh, the political news cycle looks like. Then you're always on the attack, which is why you have to stop playing defense and you need to go on attack yourself. This was just a few months ago. All of them are elected Democratic officials in our Congress right now who are telling you that the election could be hacked and talking about how they personally witnessed it and demonstrated it. And suddenly, oh, that's not even remotely possible. They even called out Dominion specifically by name several times. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, so I got to talk about this because I think that this is amazing. I mentioned it earlier in the show. So, Israel has conducted a study. Israel has found out that over 40% of their new infections are people who are fully vaccinated with, with the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. Now, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine are pretty equal when it comes to effectiveness. But if you go across the pond into the UK, 60%, percent 6 zero, of British COVID patients have received at least two vaccine doses. So right now, if you have the Pfizer vaccine, they use the AstraZeneca one in the UK. If you use the Pfizer vaccine in Israel, which is the first fully vaccinated country on Earth, okay, they still are having an increase in cases. more than 40% of the new cases are for fully vaccinated people. If you go to the UK where they used AstraZeneca, 60% of British COVID patients have had at least two vaccine doses. Now, a UK official said the data is not surprising because the vaccines are not 100% effective. Uh, (laughs) Right. That's all I've been saying from the very beginning. And I keep getting attacked for that. But it's there's going to be breakthrough cases. It doesn't mean that it's not going to help the vast majority of people, but uh, you still have a decision to make when you're talking about young people who have, like, no risk at all of a serious side effect from COVID. Um, so that's something that a parent and and, and the doctors are going to have to have. Uh, you know, that's the conversation that they're going to have to have and, and discuss that. But, um, you know, again, just wanted to point out, it, you know, we're running into a lot of these. And the Israeli study also had one other factor in there, and that was that people who had previously had COVID are not getting infected with the Delta variant. So if you've already had COVID, it looks like your uh, natural immunity, which is superior to vaccinated immunity anyway, your natural immunity appears to be fighting COVID off just fine. That's good news for those of you who have already been sick. We've got more coming up. Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Casey Hendrickson here. Since we're pretty much out of time because Bill O'Reilly hates me for some reason. I don't know. I've only said nothing but mean things about him. I don't know why he doesn't like me that much. Um, So Bill O'Reilly is going to be here in a couple of minutes. So here's what I'm going to do. One, I wanted to thank everybody who has now finally started to come over to Rumble.com. I get the hesitancy. We've been nomadic for a while, but Rumble is our permanent home. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, hit that subscribe button, go there every single day, watch my videos, watch my live streams, share it with your friends and family, especially if they hate my guts. Thank you for the support. For those of you who've been doing that, here's Bill O'Reilly.